Good morning, you nutters. Now you're listening again to the One Day at a Time podcast. Hopefully it is sorting you out and your brain um, for another good day. But today I've got two very important studies actually. So you better strap in and listen because these two studies and the kind of lessons from them are potentially going to change your life. And they do change your lives actually when you realise these things. The first thing to realise is like the fundamentals and all that, right? There's a few studies out there that if you really grasp them, they can change your life or you know, grasp certain concepts as opposed to like the tactics where if I did 15 minute high intensity cardio versus 25 minute low intensity, what's best for fat loss? No, 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 but they're, they're the minors. And as Jim Rohn once said, one of the best personal development coaches of all time, don't major in the minor things, okay? Don't spend all your time on the minor things, don't matter. Anyway, let's get into it. First one, the vicious cycle of yo-yo dieting. I have done a podcast on all the studies on this and why it is vicious and also dangerous, so please listen to that. But this one is a a slightly different approach to it. So you all know yo-yo dieting. You know you become highly motivated, you lose 20 pounds, it's very unrealistic how you did it. You probably like did like juice diet or you did a fasting or something that doesn't align with your lifestyle and then you put the bite back on and then you feel terrible and then you go, what is the point? I hate myself go into a phase of maybe overeating and then once you feel motivated again, you will buy the first plan you see on Facebook or there's someone seeing the works and then you fall into trap again and again and again and again. Hope is a killer, right? This hope, I will hope this one works, hope this one works. It can, dangerous game to play. But anyway, this study, 36 adults, 64% female, 36% male. Yeah, they wanted to look at in depth, they wanted to speak to them about it, which is different really to the other ones. So this is what they looked at. They saw that there was a first stage to enter in the yo-yo diet cycle. And there was two major things they saw. It was either one, making social comparisons caused the first phase to start, or it was experiencing weight stigma. So what do we mean by social comparisons? We know, you know, um, comparison is a thief of joy or compare and despair. We know this, right? But in the research says this, no matter how strong or lean or attractive you are, you can always find someone who's stronger, leaner, and more attractive. Okay, the, the ceiling is endless when you do comparison. You can go either way. You can find someone way beyond you, and you can find someone way beneath you, right? And it's a dangerous game to play because if you want to feel better about yourself, you compare yourself to those who are below you in a sense of what you're comparing to. So maybe wealth or um, jobs or like where you are in life or whatever, and then you do it up as well. And it's very destructive, very, very, very destructive. It's it's a fool's game to play, okay? So in the study, the younger participants were actually more vulnerable to this, okay? So a 19-year-old female, for example, said this, on the internet, everyone is really beautiful and really put together. Now, obviously, 19-year-old, I mean, the frontal cortex doesn't fully develop or turn on, in, in a sense, until your mid-20s. That really is a statement. If you were to critically analyze it or do some CBT on that, you would go on the internet. Everyone is really beautiful. Okay. The word everyone is obviously is an exaggeration and really put together also an exaggeration. We all know that social media is our highlight reel, right? So everyone's highlights. Some people will utilize showing some downsides or maybe something not a highlight, but will turn it into a highlight. Does that make sense? It's always a 
story or there's always a mission behind it social media has lost its innocence where yes there used to be people you know uploading a gallery of 250 photos from a social event on facebook you know when i was in school as you know you'd, you'd go to a six one party or you'd go into a school event and then next minute you know your friends uploaded 267 photos are uploaded and tagged of you and everyone looks mental <laughs> like everyone is just like there's no one really care care cameras there everyone's having a good time there's no pausing really you know those days are gone it's now who are you reserved who and what do you want to be seen as online okay so that's one part that caused people this comparison so she didn't perceive that these celebrities and influencers or extreme genetic outliers, which is important, which is their career is to basically stay camera ready. She saw that as the normal standard of human beings. Now, it's important to realize that if you want to be like someone else, you must, you can't cherry pick. You have to say, I will trade my entire life to be theirs. So you can't say, well, that person's got like six pack abs and stuff, and then I then I go, okay, you want the six pack abs, do you? And you go, yeah, I do. I go, okay. That person hasn't had a meal out with their partner or family or social event in the last seven months. That person stresses out every day about their food intake. That person thinks you have to do cardio every day, so they always have to work out every day, or they feel terrible. That person also has missed out on big social things that are like birthdays, um, Hindus, everything. Okay, do you want to live that lifestyle? You say no. Now you say, can you have abs and also be balanced? Of course, but it's it's difficult for women, especially because your body fat percentage is higher than men. Abs maybe show at a lower percent body fat. So you you, you can't just do it. Same with people that look at someone who are business people, entrepreneurs, and they go, I'd love my own business. I'd love to be that person. You go well. Would you trade? all of your evenings where you just clock off work at 5 p.m. and you can just chill, have dinner with your with your partner and the kids if you've got kids, or do you want that there is no end day ever anymore and the, the weekends don't even matter anymore? There is no weekends. It's just every day is the same. Would you, and you want to stress and if everything falls on your head? They go, no, I don't want that. Well, you, you can't just want one part of that journey then. Do you know what I mean? You can't do it. Um, same with people like, like, you know, you look at billionaires or like, no, like even like multi, multi millionaires who are just on the go all the time. And you see some of these music, musicians now and comedians and stuff. And they, they come out and they're like, I'm on tour. I'm on tour all the time. Like I haven't seen my partner kids in ages. I am run by a team of people who are just like utilizing me to generate revenue across the country. And I just, you know, this my life is here. You see me on stage, you're like, I'd love to be a comedian. But then you're like, but would you like the background of it as well? Who knows? So remember that. Remember that. Um, a so another one was comparisons are close to home. A 20-year-old male felt the need to match his friend's physiques while a 25-year-old female said, most of the women in my life constantly dieted. Okay, so that's the comparison thing. Experiencing weight stigma, almost everyone in the study remembered being called fat by classmates, family members, or in one case, ballet instructors. The dance instructors, hey, I've heard stories about these people, and I've heard they're really, really bad. They would come up to you, poke your stomach, and be like, next time, I don't want to see your lunch. Wow. Wow. A 70-year-old female, for example, still feels stung by remarks about her body made more than half a lifetime ago. 
guys, you know, what do we do about this? Well, first of all, it's awareness of it. Second of all, these people, to make remarks like that makes them makes them unself makes them not self-aware at all. And I kind of feel sorry that they don't see the damage their words do. You know, like how can you go around and speak to people like that, knowing it's a delicate topic? Like for me, let me give you examples, real life examples of me. Okay, so if I notice someone blushing, so if I see someone, if I'm in a social social scenario um, and it's a group and like my friend comes over and it's a new friend meeting another friend and I notice my friend is blushing or going a bit red, I don't say, mate, why are you going so red for and make it worse for that person? And this has happened to me loads of times because I've got um, a face a facial condition called rosacea. So any changes in room temperature or... Um, sometimes even body temperature um, it can be triggered sometimes by thoughts as well so it's kind of like it's not embarrassment it's like a, I feel a heat and then it just doubles down right and it goes really red and there's been numerous times in my life where I've been in a social scenario and someone will say why are you going so red for why are you so red you know and you're like don't you think I know that my face is on fire right now because I got, when I go to a and I get a flare up on it, it is flames. I my head is boiling like a beetroot. I don't need someone to point that out to me and make me feel worse about it. Same with when I now I've, I empathise with people when I see if they've they blush or their face goes red in different types, and different and I understand what's going on. It's the same with people men who lose their hair. You know I'm. I'm 31 now, so like, you know, sometimes in the back of your hair, you look, oh, you're thin, and you think of treatments and all that, right? And you think, it's a, it's a tough thing to go through. And, and the, but some people will, will in openly see someone with, like, you know, receding hairline or whatever, or, you know, and will say, oh, your hair, you're losing your hair, mate. Or whatever, in front. And it's like, have you not got no self-awareness at all? None. Zero. Or you're just going to do this all your life. It, it, it honestly baffles me. So when I read these remarks as well, it just got to be better people than that. Anyway, let's move on. There's an end the second stage of the cycle. So you've either been, you've either had this comparison trigger, or you've had this remark trigger. Second stage is called undergoing the cycle. So when participants came to believe the comments others made about their weight, their behaviours changed. Right. An 18-year-old female said she couldn't eat in front of others because she felt they were judging her. A 22-year-old female said she would go home and comfort herself with food after being told she needs to lose weight. Actually, losing weight didn't necessarily bring the relief they expected. Either it wasn't enough, or it just made them more aware of their perceived shortcomings. But it was even worse when they regained the weight. The participants said they felt self-hatred because they'd gotten lazy and let themselves go. And lazy is in commas, uh, quotations, and let themselves go, quotations. That led some participants to more extreme measures. One said she became obsessed with eating less than her calorie counting app recommended. Others described unsustainable fad diets or exercise volume. Okay. This is big. This is, you know, if you, if this is kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? God, I've gone blank. This is like, Oh, I can't even think of the word. <laughs> is this resonates with you? Yes, is, is this resonates with you? Is this something 
that you're like, that's me, that's been me, that's currently me, you know, stop right there, okay, you're not going to stop these thoughts, because they are baked in, you're going to have these thoughts, you're going to have thoughts that you're being lazy, that you let yourself go, and you're going to have these thoughts, and people are going to say nasty things, and we can't stop other people's comments, we can't stop family members, we can't do any of that, what we can do is, we can realise that the losing weight didn't necessarily bring the relief expected, which is one takeaway from the study, which is true, you know, just because you lose weight doesn't solve any problems. It might help sometimes, but it's not a guarantee. So that goes to tell you it's not just the physical thing, it's more of a mental thing. And usually the mental thing is that whilst other people can form these opinions in our heads, and they're kind of like, we think about them, the mental prison is we create it ourselves. So we kind of take things so literally. For example, when it says there about someone saying um, that she felt that people were judging her when she was eating. Like she's saying that as if it's a 100% fact. But we know that people aren't judging when you're eating. They're too busy in their own lives. So we must be able to look at some of the statements or core beliefs we have and go, is this core belief actually fact? Or is it me making it worse because I think that's happening? And there's a lot of these things happening. So people don't care about how you look in the gym. You might get one out of a thousand gym goers who will go, oh my God, what are they doing, right? Who cares about them? No one cares what you what you look like in the gym or how you're training. No one thinks you're looking silly. Um, no one thinks you're, 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 no one's looking at you eating unless you're eating like one of those challenge burgers, which is like 18 inches high, right? No one thinks you look terrible in that outfit today. People are walking through life, seeing so many different people every day. No one's going, oh my God, look at that person and how overweight they are and all these things, right? If anything, when I, I remember reading the book on um, trauma, um, how was it called now? I can't remember. It was talking about how people became invisible when they were obese and that's why they wanted to eat. They wanted to be invisible humans. So they lost weight and then people started noticing them. And talking to them. And then they were like, oh, I don't like this. Because they had this like trauma response. And then they were like, I want to hide. And they they knew that if they ate loads and got overweight and obese, that they would be essentially become invisible to other people in in, in, in life. And because people are ignoring them. So you think like the other people's opinions and stuff can't be our main focus. They Even though it plays a part in sometimes our starting arguments, we must look at it clearly. We must do what in cognitive behavioral therapy they do is to look at these things. Is it true? What emotions am I feeling now? What would my best friend say about this statement? Okay, what do I say? What, what, what if the alternative is true? How do I now feel about the statement? You can go through this phase, right? So this happens. And then the third challenge, the third stage, and not everyone gets to this stage, is, is then challenging the cycle. So some participants described ways to break out of the cycle, right? One said she stopped following any specific diet. Several others said they reframed exercise as something they enjoy rather than to burn calories. Yeah, brilliant. You know, you're not on any specific diet. And it's quite confusing sometimes because you're kind of, there is your diet. If you went to a doctor, said, what's your diet like? They're not asking you if you're on paleo. They're just saying, what foods are you eating? Like, what's your diet made out of? It doesn't necessarily mean that you're following a specific diet. So when we say you stop following a specific diet, that's great. But your diet in general can be any food you want. And you know this now. You know that this mostly, if I'm on weight loss, I'm going to hit my calorie deficit, which is a moderate deficit. It's never severe. So never eat less than your target consistently because you think it's going to accelerate stuff. It's just going to make things harder for you. 
down the line when you've gone into a deficit of 1,000 calories a day and it's not going to be good, right? And obviously burning calories from exercise doesn't play a major role in your fat loss anyway. If you, you know, in terms of your waking hours, all the hours you're awake over the week, if you worked out for five hours a week, it's about 4% of your hours a week. It's nothing. What you're doing for those 96% of the hours is way more important, 96% of time, right? So the common thread was in this challenge was self-awareness. Recognizing this endless cycle, unsatisfying weight loss pursuit was making them miserable, right? But sometimes no mindset shift could permanently banish thoughts about their weight, and this is true. A 21-year-old female compared it to an addiction recovery, saying it's pretty much always on her mind, right? So not everyone goes to stage three. Sometimes the stage one and stage two. So I think it's important that if you go through this cycle and a lot of you are going to go through a kind of phantom yo-yo cycle when you start on you know doing one of these plans is like yes there's words that might trigger some of these concepts from the past diets you think calorie deficit calories or you know you need to chill out about it it's just energy that's all it means how much energy am i consuming and then I'm looking at another macronutrient, protein, okay, great, great, building blocks of muscle, keep my muscle strength, brilliant, it's going to make me feel fuller for my meals, brilliant. Okay, so I got my energy intake and I got this cool, super protein thing to consume, great. That's all I need to focus on, I'll eat whatever I want, right? I'll eat whatever I want. You will have, you will start having moments where you'll think, my progress isn't fast enough, um, I've lo- you've lost 10 pounds and you or 15 pounds or 20 pounds and you start thinking oh well, I can't do this anymore or whatever I don't know if I can do this but there's nothing really that you're doing differently you're eating you should be anyway eating foods you enjoy all you need to be doing is tracking and self-aware sometimes if you don't track one or two days that's fine no problem but when it comes to like you thinking you put your foot off the glass maybe like, I don't know if I can keep doing with this you just think on a day-to-day basis, can I just track what I'm eating and can I eat the foods I like? Yes. Okay. Okay. And on that basis, will I have days where I eat the foods I like and actually I'm going to go over my um, targets? Yes. Okay. Is that fine? Yes. There'll be days where I don't have much protein. That's fine. Did I track it to my best of ability? Yes. And no problem. So there's no real necessity to stick to a very rigid plan you can eat less calories slightly today more calories tomorrow the averages are what matters i don't suggest going deeply under all the time all the time all the time a few hundred calories is fine to build up for the weekend but it's important to realize that we're going to go through these cycles and they're very normal you go through a cycle of highly motivated i'm on on the path of results one week you plateau a bit and you think is this for me is this right is it working Oh my God, I'm going to put my foot off the gas maybe and oh, don't. just go back. You need to do retreat back to the basics when you start feeling overwhelmed. And you might say, you know, today you started feeling like I start to feel overwhelmed today, really, really overwhelmed. I don't know what to do today. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'll go, I'll go, right, what's the basics? What's the one big thing today that would just keep momentum going as a nice base layer? And you go, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll just... Okay, I'll just track what I'm eating and I say, I don't, wanna, I don't care about protein. I'm just going to eat the foods I like today and I feel like it and I'm going to track it. Brilliant. There we are. One big thing. Just track what you're eating. No matter if you feel like having more chocolate today, you feel like having um, this and that. Yeah, and all it could be um, you're so overwhelmed with other pieces of your work as well. Your work, your family stuff. It's like, what well, one thing I'm going to do in my work today that's going to mean that it, it kind of 
gets my momentum going, but I'm not thinking about 10 other things. I'm just going to do one thing. So, for example, I'll have 10 things to do. I'm like, oh, my God, I've got 10 things to do. All right, what's one thing out of those that if I just get it done, it will it'll make me feel better? That one, okay, I'm just going to do that. Block everything else out. That's kind of how to think about these things. You know, so when you're overwhelmed, just bring it back to basics. Bring it back to basics. Bring it back to base. And then sometimes you can add a few of these on top of each other. You can track your calories. You can track your protein. You can hit your steps. Heck, you can even do a strength workout. You can go for a nice walk with your friend. You can listen to a podcast. You can read a bit of your book. You can do three main tasks in your work. You can pick up your kids from school if you got them. You can you can do loads of things in one day. And you're like, this day was brilliant. Yeah, cool. You'll have those days. Don't worry about it. But some days, it's just one of those things you do. Or two of those things. That's fine. That's part of the process, man. Part of it. This podcast has gone for on for a bit too long. So I'm going to do the next part of this podcast tomorrow, which isn't about yo-yo dieting. It is the cardio benefits of strength training. Mm. Mm. So tune in tomorrow to listen to that. But have a good day, guys. If you're overwhelmed, do what I just said. One big thing. Feel on top of the world. Smash it. Keep going. Because these days, you're not going to have them forever. But they're there. You know, grab the bull. What's it called? Grab the bull by the horns. I've been terrible at saying this today. I've just completely blanked. Anyway, have a good day. Speak to you soon.